How many is honest? I'm an alcoholic. Thank you. I used, I've listened to a lot of speaker tapes, and once in a while you get speaker tapes where you guys do this on the tape, and I've always been wondering what the fuck is wrong with these people. <laughs> and then I went to Stockholm two years ago, and okay, I got it now. <laughs> and this is how I am. I judged everything before, oh, and then later, okay, okay. But anyway, uh, I had my last drink in uh, the 8th of January, 1998. Uh, and my home group is called Men, Men, Men Among Men, and we meet Thursday night at the uh, 2015 <laughs> uh, at uh, Falkevar. It's, uh, it's the best home group in the world. I hope yours are too. I hope yours are too. And if yours are not, the, if you don't, if your home group is not the best home group in the world, please change it or go somewhere else. I mean, that's my my opinion and my experience is that the. Uh, I need to be at, in, in a meeting where I think this is the best place to be for me. And uh, one of the guys at the meeting a couple of years ago said the best thing. He said, my week evolves around Thursdays. Thursday night, I don't go to the movies when my football team is playing a game. I'm at the meeting. Uh, you know, there's nothing else that you know, work or maybe my family situation that makes me no God not showing up at that meeting. Uh, that's my priorities. I need to be there at that home group. And at my home group, uh, there's guys there that bust my balls all the time. They call my bullshit all the time. Even that I'm the fucking founder of the meeting and all shit like that, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They don't take me seriously, you know. They, they change stuff when I'm on vacation. They change stuff and stuff. like that. They don't listen to me, you know. It's just, you know. But it's really good. It's really good, you know. But, but that's how it's supposed to be. You know, I, no fucking bleeding beacons, you know. I mean, it's just, you know, these guys, they do what the group content thinks they're supposed to do, you know. And that's great, you know. It's great. And, uh, um, yeah. For me, yeah, I just I cannot empathize enough how, how important a home group is for me. Uh, just I will, I will try to be sober in a little while. It takes me two minutes, I will get sober, hopefully. I always tell my, my first drinking story because it's just, it describes alcohol, alcoholism for me totally. Uh, I was trying to be a part of a group uh, where I grew up in Alberslund, uh, just outside Copenhagen, and, and, and I, you know, I didn't fit in. I had the wrong hair, the wrong clothes, whatever. And... Then I stole six bottles of wet, uh, white wine uh, on, uh, at the local supermarket, and that was the exit to come into the party at you know at this girl's place because you know when you come with free booze and you're 13, you know yeah you're welcome. And 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 I remember opening bottle number two. I remember drinking a strong beer called 47, and I remember drinking some Bacardi uh, rum, and then I puke all over the place. It got sprayed with Dero and uh, uh, perfume by my friend and sent home before 10 o'clock because I needed to be home at 10 o'clock. But between the puking and the started drinking, the miracle of alcohol happened to me. I was suddenly a part of the gang. I, I, I was able to talk to the cute girls and the cool guys. And that was just, you know, whoa. And I just woke up and, you know, I was just, next weekend I was on. You know, I was just going on. But I didn't like the, 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 the taste of alcohol, but I liked the effect. So I, you know, straight, I, I, I mainly in, in a year I was drinking vodka. 
uh, every weekend. And, I, and when I was 16, I could drink a bottle of vodka and, and have no problem with it. And in between that, I would, I would smoke hashes in, in the weekdays because then I could go to school and stuff like that. And uh, then I, I ran to... Uh, when I was 19, I escaped to Iceland because it was... Uh, this is for the Danish folk. Morbahavn's fault that I was smoking so much hashes, I couldn't see the, the, the problem with alcohol yet. You know, because I'm a Dane, we drink. Uh -huh. And uh, and then I went up there, and you know how it is, you know, the, the monkey follows you, you know, me, you know, and, and I was just drunk again as soon as I, uh, I met the right people. And I, I began to drink, you know, again, I like the effects, so I went to homebrew, because what? It's cheap, it's affordable, <laughs> it's easy to get it, you can get it everywhere. And and I just drank, you know, I just liked the effect of alcohol. And, you know, I'm, I got sober at 22, I don't have a whole, you know, sometimes a young people's meeting, I hear, I hear war stories just like, what the fuck, no, I was never arrested, I, I knew, I, 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 I never lost a job, I quit before they fired me, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I didn't do a lot of horrible things, when, I, when I'm, I'm at, at a meeting, I say, when, the reason I got sober at 22 is two reasons, and you can pick one of these, either I'm a whoosh, and it hurt too much, I'm really smart and didn't have to do it for 20 or 30 years. <laughs> to say again, again and again. I don't know, I don't know. What, what's real, what, what <laughs> I'm a wuss. I don't like pain. I don't like pain. But the, but the real thing is, what happened to me is I, I, got, I, I was at a, at a farming school in Iceland and I met some guys that was about my age who's been sober a couple of years and they're 12 step men to AA. And I'm still grateful. I'm still grateful. Because I've put uh, physical, I, I could maybe drink 10 or 20 years again, uh, longer, but mental, I was gone, I was done. I, it hurt like shit. And one of the reasons that I wasn't able to, to, to go just kill myself was because of my dad. I hated my mom at the, at, at the time, but my dad, it, it would, I just couldn't do it. And, um, and I came into AA and knowing nothing. I was just like... You know, and, 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 and for years after that, I would say, you know, I, hadn't heard, I didn't heard about the big book, a sponsor, and, and steps, and so on, f for about six months in A. But what, 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 what now, I don't know. Maybe people are talking about it all the time. I just didn't hear it. I was so fucked up the first year that, uh, you know, it was unbelievable. I just had no clue where I was. And um, I was, uh, I, I, had, I had that in Iceland, treatment is free. So, after being in AA for a while, I've told, some, I got the idea, maybe somebody told me, I don't know. But I got the idea, if I'd go to treatment, that would fix me, because I felt like shit getting sober. I felt like shit going to AA, and, and I wasn't doing anything, you know? I mean, uh, one of my favorite quotes from the big book is on, on, on page 25, and it says, When therefore... I was approached, it doesn't say, I just make it me instead of we. When therefore I was approached by those in whom the problem had been solved, there was nothing left for me to do to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at my feet. I have to, you know, physically pick him up. I like the, the thing I have to bend over to pick this shit up to do it. Because I would love to get the DVD version. You know, stay at home and my car's doing nothing. But this... <laughs> later, honey, later, honey. But, but I didn't do anything for the first four or five months in A. And, then, and, and when I was four, four months sober, I went into treatment. And after 20 days, they hadn't fixed me. I felt like shit. I just left. They have been doing tre treatment for, what, 30, 40 years. And I said, you know nothing. I'm out of here. I'm not arrogant. Uh, 
And I just, I just, I just left and went to, started going meetings in Reykjavik, and I was what you call a five-minute guy. I came five minutes before meeting, left five minutes after meeting. Knew, had no phone numbers, knew, knew nothing. I mean, I, 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 sometimes, I, okay, I see, but I didn't talk to anybody. And I felt like crap. Six months sober, I felt like crap. I felt like killing me, myself even more than I ever felt. And then I was sitting in the middle schedule, feeling self-pity, uh, self and you know how we feel. And, and, and look at the middle schedule, you know, a Dane in Iceland, and looking and saying, oh, yeah, whatever. And, oh, English-speaking meetings. There must be some people there who know how it is to live on this fucking island with these <laughs> fucked-up Icelandic people who do it wrong. <laughs> so I went to the English-speaking meetings, and guess what I found? I found people who knew what it was to have untreated alcoholism. They talked about the steps, or at least I heard it for the first time. They talked about doing the step, they had sponsorship, and most important at that time for me was, after the meeting, we went out for pizza. It's just as simple. Suddenly, for being a five-minute guy, I stayed afterwards. We went out shooting some pools, having a pizza, whatever. And I saw those guys. It was an open meeting. They brought in their families. And I saw that they could order a pizza and get it the wrong pizza, not with pepperoni, and not freak out of the waitress. And I wasn't capable of doing shit like that in the beginning, you know. And I, I you know, I saw these this things what happened. And, and so, so I gave up because I was just want to be hippie. And the steps was just like, oh, it's a numbers. I don't want to do numbers, you know. I, you know, whatever, you know, I'm special again. And, 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 and I, I just gave in. And I got a sponsor. And I started working the steps. Um, and I've somewhat, my sponsor sitting in the crowd, so I can say this. This is not this person I had at the time. I have been bad in picking sponsors. The first sponsor I got... He took me to strip clubs. He doesn't do it anymore. He's still sober and doesn't do it anymore. I've never been to a strip club before before I got sober. Uh, I've been with my sponsor. I don't recommend it. I do, don't do it, so don't ask me to sponsor you. Uh, and, then, and then he asked me to read, before we read this big book, he asked me to read Dr. Bob and the Good Old Timers. Have any of, anybody read it? When you're a new guy, you know, and, and there's no solution in there. There's a lot of story in AA, but there's not what you're supposed to do. And, and then he tried to sell me some life insurance, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, <laughs> he's still sober. He's not doing it. He's a good guy. <laughs> he, was, he's, he was a year sober. Hey, you know, what do you know? You know? And, and, and then I got another guy, but we sat, and we sat down and we read this book, and we did what it, he, I did what I did. And, you know, and, and suddenly I remember still, for me, walking down the street in Reykjavik, looking into a bar, thinking, I have no reason to go in there. I have no longing to get drunk. I don't need to get drunk. There's nothing in there. And that was a huge miracle for me in, in, in my alcoholism, that suddenly, you know, hey, I don't need to drink anymore. I don't even want to drink. I don't want to escape for me anymore. Since I first stole that red, uh, white wine, the only thing in my mind was, when can I get drunk next? How can I get, first of all, when you're 14, 13, 14, the money? <laughs> and at the time, I have a lot of, lots of at that time. But, you know, time and, 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 you know, everything in my life involved around getting those, getting drunk. And suddenly I didn't need to do it. The other thing that happened to this English-speaking meeting that I went to was, you know, we started shooting pool after with the meetings, blah, blah, blah. But I still felt like a guest in A. Because I had no job, I did nothing. I just arrived and you served me and I wanted to listen to your story and blah, blah, blah. I did nothing. I was a guest in A. They elected me to be the coffee man. I had to come an hour before, sit up the chairs, brew, make the coffee. I hate coffee. I think it's a disgusting drink, but I make it for you. <laughs> I make the coffee, put the milk in a little, make the meeting room nice. And suddenly for being a guest in A, you came and drank my coffee. 
I still get boost combat because for me there it's changed in AA. I became, I, I stopped being a guest and began being a part of. And in Danish, I always talk about you know you should check check it and you plug in the plug in AA. Start being a part of. Start being a part of. And it doesn't matter what. You just I mean in my home group, again they don't elect me to be a shit. I don't know why. So I just steal the commitment. I just, okay, it should put, maybe a guy, you know, he's supposed to put up the chairs, but I do it. You know, if you, nobody in your group elects you to do it, steal it. Make the coffee for the coffee man before he comes, you know. Do something, you know. You can do that. You can do that. I went, I went through the steps and the miracle of alcoholism, you know, happened to me. I didn't, you know, I, I, I suddenly realized I didn't have to drink anymore. And I had this eight-step list, and I made more, most of my eight, step, eight steps, uh, nine steps in Iceland. And then I went to Denmark, and I had this eight-step list, and I put it in a drawer. Beginning to go meeting here and there, again, in Denmark, coming from Iceland, they did it wrong. You know, I was used to Iceland again, came to Denmark, fucked up meetings. Um, not arrogant. Uh, and, then, um, and then I began feeling, feeling shitty. Ah, eight-step list, out of the drawer, did one or two nine steps, in the drawer again, one or two months later, ah, I feel like shit, okay, <laughs> I don't recommend this, and, and it took me a couple of years to realize what the fuck I was doing, I was feeling shitty, and I started going to um, social school, uh, social worker uh, school, to learn to be a social worker, I'm a social worker today, and um, suddenly, uh, it's 80% women, so it's, suddenly it was more fun to stay at the Friday night bar, trying to get laid, then going to the meeting. Uh, and, 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 I, and what I didn't, I said I worked the 12 steps, sorry, I worked the 11 steps. I never get, began to be a sponsor or, or try to, to, to do anything about that. And I felt shitty and shitty and shitty. And then I got the sponsor I have today, and we sat down and we read this book page by page. For the first time I read it, you know, the first sponsor who went, uh, took me through steps, we just read some of the portions. This time we read it page by page. I got some underlining, some shit we wrote down the, you know, in, the, in, the, in the book and stuff like that. And I saw, when I was four years sober, how the book screams at me. Get better, help others. This is what they're about. And at four years sober, I started doing that. And the miracle happened. And I finished all my nine steps. I finished all the, nine, all the nine steps of women that I've been doing also sober. You know, all the shit I've been doing sober. It's, I mean, I, because the way I was living in AA, you know, half-assed doing it, I had created some shit, you know, sober. And one of the things I've been doing, because I like to talk about nine steps also, is that I would, I would, I would, I would, I would call in sick at work without being it because... I deserve that. I'm special. I can call in and just say, I didn't lie. I didn't lie. I told myself because I didn't say I was sick. I said, I had to call in sick. You know. <laughs> it took me some years to get well. I'm still working on that part. <laughs> so what I had to do when I was four or five years sober to do the nice thing on that is I had to go home to former employer, employer, employer said, you know, I'm sorry. I stole my, money, my, my salary by <laughs> calling in sick. And they knew I was an alien, you know, when I worked there. And, and that was really a humble experience, you know, to go, you know, say, listen, listen, I, I, I called in sick, you know, a lot <laughs> without being it. What can I do to make it? And I was so afraid they would say, yeah, okay, come in for two weeks and work for free. <laughs> they didn't say that, I'm glad. 
I'm really glad that they did say that. But, you know, what it did for me is I have not been able to call in sick since without being sick. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to go into that. Yeah. Yeah, I said I, I did all my nine-step women. I had li- really this. I was fucked up on that area. Then I did all my nine-step women, and I said to God, "Take care of it." I, you know, show her to my face. But the exact thing I said in prayer, meditation, I said, "Show her to my face." If I should, you know, if she comes, show her. I, I don't want to do anything. Some months goes by. I'm, uh, I'm back in Iceland. At a, actually, an a, a, a dance at the Eleanor Club, and, 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 and by that time, I'm that healthy, five years sober, that I'm not looking at women in that place, because I know, <laughs> sorry, a young, a sober women is just not good for me, you know, <laughs> it's just not a good mix, so I'm not looking, I'm not looking at, at that, I'm just having a good time dancing, and in and, 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 and the corner, there's a guy that I know from my home group there in Iceland, dancing with a girl, and, and, and she sort of, you know, do something, you know, that get my attention. And, she, and at the time, she bumps into me. And, and, and we start talking. And she's not in AA. She's there because her, her friend from, uh, she, they were Buddhist and, you know, doing, you know, chanting together. And she was there because she said, there's a smoke-free, uh, alcohol-free dance tonight. You want to go? And she said, yeah, you know, because, you know, if you... If you live like that is really cool at that time where everybody was smoking and dance floor was nice to go to go and 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 she was there and we start talking and 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 when i and when i asked god to show her to my face i had four wishes no children i've been involved with that and it's really yeah as it's just difficult with the stepchildren i mean so if i could choose i would like like to a woman without children no smoker drinking little or nothing and some kind of spirituality in her life and when I started to talk, and it was just click, 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 click. And I was just, whoa. And since I, I've, I've really, you know, I could have got, you know, a lot of money or whatever. <laughs> a few letters, you know. So, but, but what happened was that she got my phone number. I had, I had to go home and wait. And a couple of days later, she called me. We went on a date. And uh, we kissed, and uh, she's my wife. We've been married for, yeah, we met in 2003. We've been married since 2005. And, um, and my message here is, I did all my nine-step-up women before I found the wife. And I did not try to find the perfect wife. I tried to be the perfect man. And I fall short fucking every day. <laughs> Just ask her. But I'm trying to do the best I can. I'm doing the best I can on a daily basis. Trying to maintain my spirituality with this God stuff, doing prayer meditation and doing this stuff, staying in AA, sponsoring and stuff like that. And I start sponsoring people about that time. For the first time, I got a sponsee. Where I really, you know, went into it, I got a sponsee. I had it for two weeks. And... Don't know about it. I've been talking about this a lot, but I don't know why it touched me so much. But as I was driving to the airport one night with my, my father and my, my stepmother, a drunk driver crashed into us. My father was killed on the spot. And, and um, you know, if you had shit happen in AA, if you have serious shit happen in AA, 
and you are in the program. You know drinking is not an option. I felt pain I've never felt before. I was okay physically. I got a, got a bruise a little bit, but I was okay. From from before I went into the ambulance uh, in the, in, uh, at, the, at the scene, I called my girlfriend, I called my brother, I called some Icelandic family, who, my stepmother's family, and I called my sponsor. When I arrived to the, to the hospital, my sponsor was there and my best AA body. And, and AA, God, footstep in the sand, you know that story, helped me going through the pain that I could not, you know, go too sober. And the, 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 the cool thing about this, a lot of cool things happened here, but the cool thing is that the dude that I had sponsored for two weeks, never been in AA before, we met up a couple of days later, and he said, if you can stay sober through this, I believe AA works. <laughs> and, if, and if nothing else, that me going through that sober can help this guy believe in AA, that's a fucking miracle. And another miracle is that this happened early in the morning. Late in the afternoon, I talked to a, a, a therapist at the hospital to talk to people who end up in accidents like this. It was about, you know, 6 o'clock in the morning. It, was about, it happened and it was about 3 or 4 in the, in the afternoon. I talked to him and he said, and I told him that I was an AA alcoholic. And he said, oh, now people will understand you if you go drink. And I laughed and said, not in the AA I go to. Not in the, and, and I'm seriously, no, that was the first time I was thinking about alcohol as a solution on my pain. I wanted to wake up as badly as I never want, you know, you know I want to be, wake up for this nightmare every time, you know, all day, but it didn't happen, you know. But alcohol was not an issue, it was not, you know, it was not, nothing to think about. And, and um, I told this story, I told this story in the States a couple of years ago, and afterwards a guy woke up to me and he said, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I buried my son. You know, I, I knew I was going to bury my dad. Maybe it happened a bit sooner, but, you know, I don't know, I don't know. To bury your kid and go through it sober? I believe the program works. Whatever happens. I was talking to a dude the other day who said, you know, yeah, yeah, this, this happened, I went out drinking because of that. You know, whatever, some girl or whatever. I said, bull fucking shit. <laughs> Nothing makes you drink anything except alcoholism. Untreated alcoholism make you drink. Nothing in issues, what happened to you, blah, blah, blah. The best one I heard was a couple of years ago. He said, yes, I went out because I bought this apartment and it was so difficult with the... What the fuck? <laughs> I mean... The dude who drove, drove into us, he got killed in the accident too. He, had, he, had, he was a waiter going home from work, 20, 26 years old, left two small kids and her wife. He was a drunk, just like us. His, one of his best friends was in my home group. I mean, he didn't mean to kill my dad, it just happened. I'd been dry, dry, drinking and driving a lot. I, I was just, you know, I was just lucky. But still I had, I had some resentment. I had to go into meditation and prayer to get rid of it. That's what you guys told me. So I got into meditation and prayer, and what I saw was a vision. And if you don't, don't do prayer and meditation, you won't, you won't get this. So I'm, I'm, you know, okay, I'm a goofball. In that vision, I saw my dad, him, meeting up above the accident. And he, the dude going up to, me, to my dad and says, look, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. And my dad just said, look, it was an accident. You know, it's okay. And if my dad can, ex 
can forgive. I should probably be able to forgive. <laughs> and I passed on, and I, I was totally forgiven. And to tell even more wild story about this, is to get to, uh, I mean, this is just... In 2007, my first kid was born. I got... I have three kids within four years, which is just totally bad planning. <laughs> um, or non-planning at all, but, but you know what? <laughs> but I'm really grateful for my kids that teach me a lot. Uh, but, but, but I wanted to call my first son Johannes. My wife wouldn't have it, you know, uh, he's called Leo. Second, second son, I got my will, and he's called Johannes. And, 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 uh, and one and a half year ago, I was writing an email to another A dude about the accident that happened. And suddenly I was writing the name of this dude who drove into us. I haven't thought about the name, but he was called in years. He was called Johannes. I don't know why. I don't know why. Why? Why? I want, uh, but, but some kind of forgiveness happened there, and I think I'm all right with that. I'm at a good spot. I miss my dad every day. It's nothing to do with the accident. Just my dad, I miss him, of course. It was my best, actually my best friend. Um, I try to describe this because it's important for me. If this had happened a year prior to this, before I went down, sit down and read the book page by page with a sponsor, when I was still screwing people, girls at, at, at Friday night instead of being at a meeting, I probably had drank. But when it happened to me, I was spiritually fit to, to conquer anything that happened in my life. So today, I stay on that course as best that I can every day because I don't know what happened. Today I have three kids. I don't know what happened. I don't know what is happening. I mean, uh, and, um, and about this sponsorship shit, it's just been an amazing trip. One of the things that really, really touched my heart is when I sit down with another dude with this book, trying to teach, teach him what I've been taught, you know, work the steps, you know, and do it. And I see him sitting at our meeting with a new dude and the book between them. It just touches me. And I know all the life that I, in my, you know, my family and work, co-workers and whatever, that I touches because I'm sober and I'm not just sitting, you know, doing what we do when we're drinking. Because I'm sober, I'm a, I'm a member of the society. I pay my taxes and do whatever, blah, 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 go to work and do whatever I'm supposed to do. And a lot of life is touched by that, just by, by being a decent, trying to be a decent guy most of the time. When I help another guy, I know that a lot of people around him is going to be touched about that. When he helps the next guy, a lot of people. And if I successfully, and what kind of success, I don't know why, how you measure it, but if... Let's say I help 10 guys in my, in, my, in, my, in my years in A. I think it's going to be much more, but let's just say 10. And they help 10 guys. Who help 10 guys? Who help 10 guys? And who help 10 guys? Imagine, just because I'm willing to step in and do what was done to me, I can help be a small part of helping a lot, a lot of people. It doesn't take that much. I mean, I have to eat every day, you see, and I eat a lot. And... and uh, to, to be functional. I have to brush my teeth, I have to take a shower and stuff like that to function. Every day I have to do some spiritual shit to be functional in my life. And that means prayer and meditation, calling some new guys, going to a lot, I mean, 
I don't go to a lot of meetings with my home life and work, but, but going to meetings, being a part of, it's not that much. That's as much. And, you know, if you feel like you're not a part of an A, you're probably not doing anything. Sorry, that's just a hard fact. I mean, if you don't feel a part of, come join us. Be a part of, pick up coffee cups, do whatever. Take, you know, clean the toilets. That will hum- humble you. <laughs> Border vices. I love the shit. I love, I mean, I've been trying to do service work on, on, on a regional level, and I just get, I don't give it. What I like is to put up chairs. I'm great at putting up chairs. I like to do the, you know, the, the work in the trenches. I like to, to, to help newcomers. Adna was talking about how to handle a wet. I, feel, I mean, it's, it's the most important thing that we can do. When the phone calls an AA and somebody wants help, we need to be there. And it's so much fun to go out to help. On the, uh, and you, you guys, they're so much fun. They're so much fun. I mean, there's nothing, you know. Every time I have a sponsee coming over to read the book, when it's happening, it's like, before it's, it's two hours, my phone remember, it reminds me because I can't remember anything. You know, it's like, fuck, he's coming over. I don't want to, you know, I want to see, I want to rather watch Baywatch reruns than, than, than you know, at, at the moment. The sponsor comes in, we read for an hour, he goes away, and I feel like, a, I feel like, you know, a star. It's the best feeling ever to sit down with the big book between two guys. It's just amazing. Okay. <laughs> she gave me a note that I've been talking 27 minutes. I know how long I have. So. <laughs> Okay, sorry, I have to have that round. I'm sorry. 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 If you don't know, I have been, I have been, uh, what we call in, in Iceland, they call it a mini algae complex. <laughs> Do you understand that complex? You know, I was 22, I then, you know, nothing big has happened, blah, blah, blah. If you suffer from that, if you suffer, maybe it wasn't so bad, blah, 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 blah. What I did, what happened to me was, I didn't get it until I've sat down with another guy. Go through the steps. You don't have to believe anything that the steps do. You don't believe the steps work. You don't have to believe the steps work. It's like, it's like taking what you take when you get the um, um, chlamydia. What do you get when you get that? <laughs> what do you call it? Pen, pen, penicillin. Penicillin. Thank you. When you take that... <laughs> hey, hey, if you haven't had chlamydia once, you haven't had enough sex. That's <laughs> not... When you get this pill from the doctor, you usually take it from ten, t- three pills a day, three, ten days, okay? Do you have to believe in the pills work? No. Do you underst- need to understand how it works? No. Do you want, do we need to, ha- to, to want to take them? No, as long as you do it. And then you will get out, you know, you will lose the chlamydia. It's the same with the steps. You don't have to, be- you don't have to believe them. You don't have to want to do it. Just do it. Thirty seconds. And the one thing, when you're going to understand it, when you're going to believe it, is when you sit down with the new guy. Thank you. <laughs>